Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Kansas City Chiefs are fresh off of their bye week, taking on the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night football. So we'll begin today's show with the Out of Structure podcast, taking your questions in this week's Chiefs mailbag. After that, it's the Great British Chiefs show. They took our first deep dive on the Tennessee Titans. After that, it's Chiefs coast to coast. They talked about the Titans a little bit more, as well as previewing the return of rookie cornerback Trent McDuffie. After that, we'll take a quick timeout when we get back. Show and BK discuss what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball to win on Sunday night. Then we'll wrap things up with the Arrowhead Pride interview series. I sat down with our friend from MusicCityMiracles.com, Jimmy Morris, to preview these Tennessee Titans. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. The question of the day or of the hour uh, for Ron, would you rather tackle Derrick Henry or Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I, I think it's it is pretty easy because, you know, at least with trying to tackle Tyreek Hill, you don't like end up, you know, with just bones absolutely like crushed and, and you know, organs flattened and, and, you know, pretty bad, severe injuries in the hospital. At least it's it's more just your pride being stolen and, and you're kind of maybe your ankles. I guess you could probably twist an ankle or two trying to tackle Tyreek Hill. So, uh, yeah, I, I if you want to ask me which one do I feel like I have the best chance at, I probably would say Derrick Henry just because at least I maybe be able to just like get in his way and like maybe trip him up because I you know you're not touching Tyreek, but in terms <laughs> of in terms of me wanting to 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 be a fun, fully functioning human being afterwards, I'll, I'll I'll go with Tyreek. It's not a bad answer. I I had this vision of you know being able to to get a hold of Derrick Henry's ankles or something and and uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, maybe have a shot there just to, like you said, tie him up, but uh, just grab an air trying to get anywhere near Tyreek Hill. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Would you, would you rather hurt your pride or the rest of your body is, is a, is a tough, would you rather, but at Jake Wilson for now has a, at Jake, at Jake Wilson at Jake for now, excuse me, uh, has the question of the day here. I think we we're going to do a whole segment here about this one. If Brett Veach asked each of you to rank the Chiefs' top three current and or future personnel priorities, what would they be and how would you suggest he address them? I'm going to answer first right at the top. His first priority has to be to hire a better staff because if he's asking us yeah. as opposed to the rest of his staff, he, the Chiefs have bigger issues than, than we think. But uh, that being said, Ron, what's your first priority for the the current and the future personnel group there's there's a few ways to go with the first overall priority the top priority but you know thinking through it i I really do think the most important thing when you're talking about a chiefs team that is built with the pass offense built with an mvp quarterback you know i i I do think it's important that we we don't just get used to creating so much uh you know turnover in the receiving room every offseason right i i do think they can get away with it but I think when you have uh, the ability to uh, sign a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, extend him, obviously, you know, he's, he's in a one-year deal right now. If you have the opportunity to extend him, you know, two or three seasons uh, at the current moment, right, before he hits free agency, I, I do think there's – I really like that opportunity. I really like, uh, you know, the thought of that because I do think you've seen quickly that him and Mahomes have built a, a sort of chemistry that – I do think is, is, has been noticeable in terms of, you know, unlocking some of the stuff the Chiefs haven't been able to do with the back shoulder throws, but also still excelling what the Chiefs have always liked to do, right, in those slant throws, those quick passes. And so he does really fit the offense. You know, he is a, he, he's a guy that I do think they can, you know, they, 
he, they can maybe get for cheaper than, you know, maybe he, he, he may be willing to take a team friendly deal knowing that he just went through free agency the last couple of years, not getting that big deal. And I just think with the receiver room experiencing a lot of, you know, McColl's we've talked about already, but McColl and MBS not going to be on the team next year. And Juju's slated not to be. I do think this is one way to kind of just give Mahomes a little more continuity, uh, you know, in the receiving room going forward than just Sky Moore, the rookie who, you know, it seems like more and more just may not even be making that big of an impact until next year. So what do you think about Juju extending him, trying to get him maybe for the next few years? Yeah, I, I think that gives you one sure thing in the wide receiver room where everything else is somewhat of a question, right? So Juju is just, he's been consistent. He's been the move the chains guy, but he's also gotten downfield, broken tackles, scored touchdown. Like there's there's not much question anymore about his ability to, to help this offense. And I think he's just such an ideal fit. It makes all the sense in the world. I was hoping that when he signed here, it would be a multi-year deal because you would think that maybe they were buying low at that time. His stock is certainly up at this point, so he's going to want to bet on himself. He's probably going to want some decent bucks um, given the the way this market looks. So this might be not the most realistic thing in the world, but I think that he would want to stay um, if they paid him, you know, enough that he didn't feel the need to hit the market. Yeah. and It's going to cost you. Yeah, yeah, and I do think just real quick, there's a point to make that he is still so young. You know, maybe they can sell him on the fact that look, if we extend you for just a couple more years, you're still hitting free agency at a, at a 28, you know, 28 years old, which is still a pretty good age for a wide receiver in today's NFL. You know, so maybe he can, they can sell him on look, you know, build up your your numbers, your stats here in Kansas City with us. Let's try to win a ring, and then you still have an opportunity to to get a big deal down the road as well. So maybe. They can try that that angle too, I guess. Yeah, something to be said for that. Well, while they're handing out bucks, um, it might make some sense to extend the most important player on the defensive side of the ball too. Uh, Chris Jones is going to be up after this year. You know, he is coming up on that age where the Chiefs generally don't pay players, but they make an exception, I think, now and then with a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's, you know, the best at what he does. And Chris Jones right now is the best at what he does. And so um, I would love to see them offer Chris Jones a, a new deal. It would be, it'd be huge money, uh, yeah. but keeping him from hitting free agency, taking care of your best player on the defensive side of the ball without getting into a, a you know, a, a contentious, you know, a, a negotiation that is yeah. rough uh, when it comes to free agency time. You don't want to have to franchise tag him. You don't want to have to have that pulled out discussion. Uh, can you just say, hey, we'd like to reward you with a, with a new deal, uh, keep you in Kansas City where you belong, and offer him. You know, it's going to be, again, substantial money, but maybe you can do it, you know, uh, in a way that is structured that it works for the team uh, as well. Yeah, no, I'd love to see Chris, you know, play his entire career here. It would be annoying to see him go have success anywhere else. And and that is, you know, my second priority is, you know, I, I say add legitimate edge rushing talent. I do think you can bore it down to just making sure you have top tier pass rushing talent in some extent next year or, if, you know, for the foreseeable future. And I do think Chris Jones fits into that. If you If you can, you know, secure Chris Jones for multiple years, yeah, keep building around him with with draft picks, and that's fine with me. I'm I'm fine with that. You know, get get guys. You know, find guys that and try to build this rotation. You know, similar to what the Bills are doing, where you know you just have a, a you know a ton of you know maybe just above average guys that that eat up a lot of snaps. You know, even good good guys, and it's centered around a top tier pass rusher like Chris Jones. But if they can't, you know, if, if for whatever reason, which I I don't I don't I don't know how to speculate on that, but it doesn't seem like that. you know I think that's just more of a fan speculation that. You know, he could be traded or something, Chris Jones. But if there is, for some reason, he's not on the team next year, I, I, do, I, I do think it's very important for them to, to get an actual top-tier, you know, pass rusher. Um, and, and that's where it just might have to be through the draft because the free agency uh, candidates next year are not very good. I mean, Bradley Chubb is really the only one that you could maybe get excited about. And he may not even fit the system very well, the way Denver's been using him, the way he's excelled there. Um, so it's it, it does seem like... It, it makes sense to extend Chris Jones and then just try to keep building around him through the draft. But either way, 
you know, secure top tier pass rushing talent, whether it's extending Chris Jones, you know, making a blockbuster move, you know, for, for someone in this offseason. I mean, Josh Allen and Brian Burns could still be on the table or, you know, drafting a, a first round pick. I think that's the most likely way to do that. Yeah. If you look at the future of that room, I mean, you've got Karloftis, um, but what else do you have after this year? And so I think if they make a move in season, it should be one of those guys that with a big future, uh, Allen or right. Burns, you know, if, if they're not going to do that, then is there anybody else in season that, that's worth trading for at this point? Yeah. So, you know, I, I I've noticed, or I, I kind of thought of Jerry Hughes, I, you know, I, I noticed that the Texans are someone that people are thinking are going to sell um, at the deadline and it makes sense. They're, they're not a very good team this year. And Jerry Hughes, the former Buffalo Bills edge rusher, having a good season for him, five sacks. He is under contract for the next two seasons. So if there is, you know, if there is this worry that the, if the chiefs have a worry that, you know, it's going to be hard to find, you know, guys that we trust next year to, to create pressure and, and get rush, you know, maybe this can be kind of a short and long, you know, a bridge solution next year, you know, giving them a, a, a guy, you know, it's only a $6 million cap hit next year. This year, it'll only be 2 million. So I do think that could be maybe a kind of a tweener pick where, you know, you get pass rushing for this year and, you get another year of a veteran that that you know seems to be aging pretty well and and can give, you know, if Frank Clark's on in this team next year, which the Chiefs can save what twenty one million, yeah, twenty one million against the cap next year by cutting him this offseason, you may still want a veteran around, right? And so mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes is just kind of interesting. It's it's an interesting thought. Anyways, so, the Titans, the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody listening to this, they'll be going, this is just what these guys do. They just digress, and then they kind of steer it back later on. But uh, yes, I just think that people have just realized they've just walked into our conversations from the pub. (laughs) That's all it is. This is what Um, it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like Um, just a conversation down the pub. Where were we with the Titans? So the Titans, yeah, they've got Matt. I was talking about identity. I was talking about a team team that has an identity, and the Titans are one of those that has that identity, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's an identity that the Chiefs have struggled with. Yes. They have struggled with it. (laughs) Uh, I've I've seen that Andy Reid is what one in five against the Titans yeah. since he's been in Kansas City. Not he's great. By far and away, his bogey team. Mm-hmm. Like he's not even close. He's the team he has the worst record against. And why is that? Is it because of the run game? Is it because of bad juju? Is it just bad luck? Is it Jonah? I I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But the Titans certainly have a method that they like to stick to and it has proven successful against the Chiefs previously. Now it hasn't proven successful all the time. We remember the AFC championship game. Yes. They come they come to our head with a very clear plan and that 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 plan was <laughs> to try and run Derek Henry down the Chiefs' throats because yeah. it worked in the playoffs for them previously against mm-hmm. the Patriots, against the Ravens. It worked that year. They even had Ter- Derek Henry running in touchdowns out of Wildcat, if we remember rightly. Yeah. But the Chiefs managed to adjust to that and they managed to shut Derek Henry down. And when they did shut Derek Henry down, the Titans had no answer yep. whatsoever. Now, on the flip side of that, earlier in that year and what we saw last year, when the Chiefs cannot shut Derek Henry down, the Titans prove a very difficult opponent for the Chiefs to play. And then people say, oh, running the football isn't the way to win games. It absolutely is if you've got someone like Derek Henry that just doesn't seem to tire. And, and when he's when he gets going, he seems unstoppable. Mm. And the Chiefs have struggled against that particular player in the past. Now, we are better against the run this year. We are one of the best run defences in the NFL. Is that because of circumstance or is that because we're just better against the run? I'm not too sure. I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of how good this Chiefs defense is against the run on Sunday night. Yeah, I like the fact that the Titans are unapologetic about who they are. They yeah, are so do I. a run-heavy team. It goes through one guy and they don't mind you knowing it. <laughs> That's exactly how I like yeah. the Titans. There's no, there's nothing secretive about them. There's no secret weapon that you think, well, we've got to watch that guy. We've got to watch this guy. We've got to watch these matchups. Yeah, you know, we've got to watch these schemes. It's literally one guy. Yeah, and you can see that in the stats straight away. I mean, the last game, Derek Henry had 32 carries for 219 yards, and then before that, it was 30 carries for 128 yards, and then before that, it was 28 carries for 102 yards. 
you can see straight away. I mean, I've never seen so much of a load up on a run, on a running back in my life compared to what they're doing with Derek Henry. I mean, they're going to burn him out eventually, but yeah. they are literally. I mean, I suppose the only guy I can kind of relate to that is Jamal Charles. The, the Chiefs used to use Jamal Charles in the running game a heck of a lot. They used to use him in the passing yeah. game as well, but that that eventually burnt him out. You know, he started picking up injuries, but. Derek Henry, I mean, he's such a powerhouse of a running back. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the speed, he's got the power, he's got just got everything. He's got the vision. He's he's like almost like the complete running back. Mm-hmm. And and having that as a as a as your main focus and everybody knowing about it, and yet the still the Titans are five and two by using that and saying, yeah. we're gonna run on you all day, and you're gonna have to try and stop that. Yeah. That for me shows that Derek Henry is one of probably the one of the best running backs we've ever seen. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's he absolutely is a hall of famer, by the way. Yeah, and it's rare for me to say that about running backs. Uh, I think I mean, it's hard for running backs to make the hall of fame, mm-hmm. but I just think when you look at what he does and what he's meant for a a single team and how close, yeah, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Yeah, but that's not been because of Derek Henry. They just it's been because of. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> let's, yeah. be let's be honest. Let's because of yeah. Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, they, they are such a unique team in the fact that they are happy to commit to the run, and it does help that when he's there, Ryan Tannehill is one of the best play action passers in mm. the game. But play action is always going to be easy for a quarterback when teams are so engaged in stopping the run. They they're like like they jump. They defenders must jump forward a little bit more on the run. Yeah, the play action than they do for any other running back in the league. Uh, they there must be that much respect given to to um, Derek Henry. They must open up those windows a little bit quicker, a little bit easier for Ryan Tannehill. Now Ryan Tannehill might play on Sunday. We don't know yet. We're recording Tuesday night. The way, the injury designations aren't out until Wednesday evening, so we mm-hmm. don't know what Ryan Tannehill's status is. If he plays, it's a very not a difficult. Very difficult proposition, but it's a difficult proposition. It's more difficult than what it is with Malik yeah. Willis. Yeah. Now, obviously, the big difference is but from this last year to this year is that AJ Brown is no longer in Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. And he is destroying the NFC at the moment for mm. the Eagles. And I still do not understand why the Titans thought it was okay not to pay that guy and to trade him away. I, madness. Well, we know why, because the offense runs through Derek Henry. Yeah. But, AJ Brown, he offered just that little bit something else, some of that 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 other superstar in the offense. Now, I don't think there's that other superstar in the offense anymore for the Titans. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs will be able to key in on Derrick Henry. Now, will they be able to stop him? With we we will find out. But it is a bit easier than last year. Now, obviously, again, if Malik Harris plays, what? Well, how many passes attempts did he have on last week? Was it nine passing attempts he had, or? He had ten he, attempts, six completions. In, I mean, you don't have to, yards. You don't have to worry about that quarterback performance at all, do you? <laughs> no. Like we've got Trent Duff. We've got Trent Duffy coming back as well. He's been activated back off. Our, uh, that got that was the other part of the news with the yeah. Rashad Fenton thing. So you don't have to worry about that type of quarterback play where you can just key in. And, do we uh, need cornerbacks in this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just line up all the linebackers. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's an intriguing match. It's such a contrast to styles, the Chiefs te- yeah. Titans. And it, it, everyone loves the Chiefs and rightly loves the Chiefs are the best team in the league. But for whatever reason, when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs team and Andy Reid in particular plays against the Titans, Something happens for the Titans, and something happens there. So this is why this is why I'm no I'm not saying oh, that the Chiefs are going to win easy. I'm not. It's a hard game to predict because because the Chiefs have proven that they do struggle against this particular team. Yeah, even but, though, like to be said, fair, the the game we played them last year was the single worst game of the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah, awful. I think we scored three. Was it three points we scored last year? Mate, it was. I think I've just wiped it from my memory banks. It was that. Yeah, one. it was in that. It was that run. It was in that awful run we had, like late September, early October yeah. last year, where we just weren't scoring points. And odd, wasn't it? That very yeah. odd. I remember a Josh Gordon an interception thrown his way or something like that. Oh. Um, but yeah, just a terrible game. And okay, it helps that this one isn't being played in Nashville. But yeah, Sunday night football, they're going to come out with a point to prove. 
they're going to want to run the football over us. It'd be uh, an interesting watch. Yeah. Um, I put, I put, there's a section in my uh, my show notes here that I put key players, and I put Derek Frank Henry Duh. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I mean, you don't need to overcomplicate it, do you? No. <laughs> like, you don't really need to. Like, the Chiefs' offense will score points. Yeah. Like, they do. It's just how many how many opportunities will they get to score points? Are we going to see eight, nine-minute drives from the Titans that end up in touchdowns? We are going to see long, long drives from the Titans. It's yeah. going to happen. They are going to get into the red zone. What happens after that is what matters. Like it is the ultimate bend, don't break type of game. And this hard against the Titans. They've got one of the best red zone you know, offenses in the NFL. Can I just stop you there? Whenever any Chiefs fan or any commentary mentioned bend, don't break, I shudder because I think of a certain defense. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is. I just have a bit of a tick where I go like, yeah. <laughs> P- PTSD about Oh, Bob God. Yeah. Bob Sutton defense. Ben don't break. Oh, God. <laughs> I just hate it. But this um, game is the perfect, perfect Ben don't break game. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. Well, uh, predictions. Yeah, uh, this show's going to be going, going over two days so far, isn't it? <laughs> so, isn't it? <laughs> so long. When I thought we saw each other on Sunday, we've been yeah. speaking about everything. Um, uh, predictions, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, quite convincing Chiefs 31, Titans 20. You predicted that last game. I did, and it didn't happen, so I kind of going to go for it this time. Okay. Um <laughs> I've been Chiefs score points. I say that every week. Boring groundhog day. Um, but I think the Titans score points too. So I'm going to say Chiefs 30, Titans 27. It's going to be a um, yeah. a closer game. These these primetime games for the Chiefs, they um, especially at Arrowhead, they can sometimes be a little bit scary. So yeah, I expect another scary one. Chiefs 30, Titans 27. Yeah, I'm just checking the previous scores actually from the Titans. The most they've scored in the game in this season is 24 points. So I'm expecting so the defense about that. has been stepping up as well. Uh, let's talk McDuffie because I think uh, Andy Reid talked about him a little bit today and, and him being elevated back up to the roster. Hadn't seen him since week one. Uh, Andy Reid said, you know, some of that loose playing surface in week one not only contributed to Harrison Butker's injury, but McDuffie's injury. They hold him out after the week of practice, despite him playing that week of practice in San Francisco. Uh, he does not play in San Fran. He does not play the next week for Kansas City's bye. He's back at home in prime time in Sunday night football. And the Chiefs just traded Rashad Fenton. So it sounds like they're all in on McDuffie being back up as their as their number one corner. Yeah, and I believe that he could have played against the Niners. I just think they were being extra cautious knowing you had the bye coming up. Like, why not just give him that extra week off? So I understand that. And it ended up working out. They won the game, obviously. But yeah. I mean, this trade definitely screamed McDuffie's ready to go. He's been practicing for almost three weeks now. And I know what you said. Yeah, you have to see it, right? Because yeah. there is this notion, and, I, and I'm part of the notion. I believe he's a, he's a plug-and-play guy. And I know that sounds crazy to say for a rookie, but I, I just really believe with certain guys, you don't have to see that much, right? Once you saw the preseason, even a, the first half of that Cardinals game, he rarely gets targeted. He's a technician. I think he's um, I think he's more mature beyond his years. I don't look at him as just a normal rookie. And I, I think that's fair to say when you're looking at a first-round pick, especially a guy that Brett Veach took in the first round, considering people in previous years said, Brett Veach doesn't care about cornerbacks. He doesn't care about them. That was so you. That- uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was you who was saying that specifically. Uh, I don't know. Let's go. Let's run the tape. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't recall, <laughs> but anyway, there's a narrative out there. I don't know who I don't know who's pushing. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, that Brett Veach doesn't care about cornerbacks. So the fact that he took one in the first round tell says a lot to me. That means he thinks really, really high of this guy. So who am I to doubt Brett Veach, who didn't care about corners and took one in the first round? So if he loved one that much, this guy must be really good. So I believe in him. I believe in Trent McDuffie. And this is a good week to come back because the Titans wide receiver room is nothing to scream home about. 
their best receiver this week is going to be Robert Woods, who hasn't really done anything this year. Because Malik Traylon Burks didn't show us much last week either. If, if yeah. it is, we're once again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, th- this is a heavy running team, obviously. We saw Derek Henry run for over 200 yards last week on 30-plus carries. So this is the perfect week to come back to kind of get your confidence going, get your feet wet, because I don't see him being challenged that much against the Titans. Absolutely. I'm, I um I just wonder how much safety net McDuffie has left with uh, the Fenton move and kind of some of the rookie corners there. On the back end, we'll find out. Chiefs-Titans in prime time. If you're here in Kansas City, you can watch that game locally on KSHB 41. Company man, Kansas City at 5-2, and two, looking to go to 6-2. and two. I think the only thing that stands in their way is stopping Derrick Henry, as you mentioned there, and Willie Gay kind of seemingly said the same thing. I want to start with how these two teams played off last year, and I think specifically – that game will make an impact. We heard it from Kansas City today. Mark, wait for the sound to play before you give your take. But Patrick Mahomes wanted to make sure that his team came in with the right mindset. Hit it, Serta. Ready to play. I mean, last year we weren't ready, and they, they beat our ass. So uh, we got to make sure that we are ready to go and that it's going to be a physical matchup um, and that uh, we're going to have to go out there and play our best football. And uh, this is a team that is a lot better than I think a lot of the uh, people out in social media and media talk, talk. They don't really talk about them, but uh, we know that it's a great football team coming to coming town and we have to play our best football. 216 yards, I believe, last week for King Henry, King Henry on 32 carries. Uh, and he had two touchdowns. What uh, <laughs> what you think, Mark? Can they do it? Can can they stop King Henry here on uh in prime time? Yeah, stopping him. You're not gonna completely stop him, but I think they can contain him. And I think uh, the bigger factor is we don't know, which is unfortunate for our show. Who's gonna be a quarterback? Because to me, that makes a big difference. Because if it's if it's Malik Willis, Spags is gonna put everybody in the box leave his corners on an island the whole entire game and blitz the hell out of him. And he's going to do whatever it takes to slow down King Henry. I don't know why the Titans, I mean, sorry, the Texans weren't able to do that, but King Henry has a history of going crazy against the Texans. It's all like a crazy stat. I think his last four games against them, he's rushed for over 200 yards in each game. Like he just owns, he just owns the Texans for some reason. So I, I don't know, but I think in this game, if it's Malik Willis, you're going to put seven, eight guys in the box, maybe even nine at times, and just put your corners on the island and say, beat us. And I don't think that's going to be a, a, a recipe for success for Tennessee. If Now, if it's Ryan Tannehill, you're going to put a little bit more respect on him in the passing game. Obviously, he's a veteran. He's not the best quarterback in the world. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. But a little bit more respect is going to be there, obviously, versus Malik Willis. So I don't think it's just ready yet. I like his talent. I like, I like his potential. But he's just not ready yet. He's been thrown to the fire. It wasn't expected for him to start even one game. How can you say that after one game? Like, come on. He threw for, threw for 55 yards, Aaron. <laughs> come on. No, none of that was scheme? What? Like, just don't throw the ball at all? I mean, we are running back has over 202 tutties. I mean, I just think it's a little uh, – yeah, just a little early on Malik Willis. But I'm with you. I'm following your train of thinking. But look at the receiving room too, though. It's a combination of both things. Like, his best receiver is Robert Woods. I think what stands out a little bit more, and Mahomes kind of said it, he says this team is better than their record shows. And they're 5-2 and two in the in the, in the second-best team in the AFC – and you're saying, you know, really they're being buoyed by the run game, which a lot of people have felt for a very long time. You're looking at Derrick Henry throw a touchdown against Kansas City last year. We got some people chiming in in the comments now saying we always stop Henry held to less than 80 yards and a touchdown. But last year he had 102 from scrimmage and this passing touchdown that you're looking at now. I don't know if that's necessarily containing. I mean, it. it I guess I guess it's better I mean, for, than giving up two sixteen. For his standards, for his standards, I would say it is. And this, I mean, and this was a low scoring game, twenty seven three overall. Uh, yeah. I was the final from last year. So, and, and, and you know what's crazy about that game? That was a game where I even came into it with no confidence because that was when the Chiefs were playing the worst football. You know, there was this bad aura, this bad vibe around the Chiefs at that time, and that was the worst game they played in the Mahomes era in the regular season. Probably just period. Right. Like that was the worst game by far. Twenty seven to three. 
I mean, so I think they're going to take this game very personal because they remember that game. And when you could tell by Mahomes what he said, they beat our ass. Like, he's not happy about that game. He remembers that game. So I think this game will get out of hand. I really do. No uh, wrote, who, a, wrote a little bit about this matchup, specifically about stopping Derrick Henry for Kansas City on arrowheadpride.com. You can check that out. Some quotes from Dunlap and Willie Gay. And I think a couple things. So obviously Kansas City's run defense, much improved. You can take the Tampa game and call that for what it is as an outlier, but still um, they're giving up 92 yards a game on the ground. Good for third. Tennessee is about 89, which is second in the league. Uh, so you take those numbers, obviously, all, all every day of the week. Um, I think I think it's going to be a four-quarter battle. I come on here and say the same thing every time. But I think, uh, I think the history also plays a factor. These two teams, out of the last six times they played, Tennessee's won five of them, Mark. The so one win for Kansas City, a very important win in the AFC title game, the historic comeback in the run. Uh, all those good, warm, fuzzy feelings that you get from that one. Um, but but Tennessee has been a team that has historically been a thorn in the side of the Reed Mahomes era Chiefs, uh, and Derrick Henry is a big reason why. I can't stand how caution – how That's just a fact. I'm just, I'm just giving the facts. No, 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 no. But I'm talking about this game in particular. I don't care about the history. It doesn't matter about this Sunday. It has no bearings on what's going to happen this week. And you're telling me – so you feel the same way if Malik Willis starts? You think it's going to be a four-quarter game if Malik Willis is starting? You still feel I, the same way? I don't know. This, this is a, a YouTube series. Shout out to QB School. If anybody watches QB School and that kind of thing, he diagnoses all the stuff, and he diagnosed Malik Willis's first uh, start. And a lot of stuff I was seeing was, was, was scheme-related, or I should say he was seeing that I was watching – uh, not really setting him up in the best position to win. And, and people have kind of chimed in on the chat here talking about how the Chiefs are going to put Kadarius Tony in the best situation to get the ball. No matter what the terminology is, no matter what is, they're going to dumb it down to get the, the ball in their playmakers' hands. It, to me, watching Malik Willis, Tennessee didn't do that enough uh, in, in his last start. And I think there's going to be an emphasis this time. If Henry isn't going early, uh, uh, let, let's get Willis going. And, and we're recording on Wednesday, so we don't know. Right. Obviously, this is all speculation and we could come here on Saturday and say, oh, well, uh, it's Tannehill again and all the issues that come with him. I I, I don't think saying a one score game about a team that's number two in the in the AFC is a is a slight. It is because look who they've beaten. They played the Colts twice. They played the Texans. They played the Commanders, the Raiders, like the, the best team they played is obviously the Bills. And they got beat by 30, 30 plus points. This is not a good football team. Their record is – they're not as good as the record says. Just like the Jets. The Jets are not as good as the record says. The Giants, they're not as good as the record says. Do not let records fool you. Look at the context. Look at the quarterbacks they faced. Outside of Josh Allen, they faced Derek Carr, Matt Ryan twice, Carson Wentz, uh, Davis Mills. Like, come on. Like, let's use context here. We just saw the Chiefs blow out the Niners, who were the number one ranked defense. And you think this is going to be a competitive game considering they just got blown out, blown out by them last year. You could tell they're going to take it personal. We know Mahomes take down notes. This, this will one. not be a close football game. The Chiefs are going to blow them out the water. And it's off a bye. You know how good Andy Reid is off a bye? He's like the best coach ever off a bye. So when you consider all those factors, this will not be a close game. And Vegas agrees with me. They're 12 and a half point favorites, Aaron. 12 and a half? You think it's going to be a one score game? Get out of here. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a blowout. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we do this every week uh, uh, when we're routinely interrupted by Pete. Uh, we do this every week um, when the Chiefs have the ball. When the Chiefs have the ball, I'm going to tell you, this is, uh, fellas, this is my favorite week of the year. Every year with the Chiefs since 2013. The Titans this week? No, this, is, this particular week is my favorite week. They do play the Titans every year. But this is my favorite week. The week following the bye week. It's my favorite week of the year because there's been no coach uh, that's been better than Andy Reid coming off a bye week. And generally, this is the time frame where we see new wrinkles from Andy and Eric and and, and the crew. And because they self-evaluate, that's what most teams, especially the good teams, self-evaluate, look at, all right, what things things should we continue to do? What things that, that work that we need to do more of what things we need to flush down the toilet, like Jarrett McKinney in, in short yardage? Like, what things do we need to get rid of? Like that, that and, and come up with new things. And they always do it, right? We always see new wrinkles in the second half of the season. And I'm more excited with this team, fellas, because this is still a, a, a young, uh, young offensive group. When I mean young offensive group, I'm talking about the parts together. You know, there's still new parts figuring things out. And this is now Andy and them looking and seeing them for the first several weeks of the season, seeing, all right, what the strengths are. And now I'm. what's the potential? Like what things are they looking at saying, all right, moving forward, this is the next thing we're taking forward. I don't know. Is it is it getting Juju more involved? Because he started to come on towards, uh, towards the last few games after uh, leading into the bye. Is it something else? I am I am excited this year as much as I've been, probably since Mahomes' first year because the, the beginning, before they got to the bye that year, they knew what they had in Mahomes, but now they got to see him against teams. And now it's like, okay, now we can now we know what we can do. Maybe they know what they can do with some of their personnel that they're learning more. And I, I am intrigued, offensively especially, to see what new wrinkles Andy and Eric and company come up with and what new things – are they going to say, all right, this is the path for us to win in? I, I, I'm excited about this. Yeah, there was a comment earlier this week. I think it was from Austin Eckler, who was talking about the the run gap scheme that they're doing in the in L.A. They, they've moved to that, and they've done so at least in part during their bye week. And he thinks it's going to be better for their running game, which, God, hopefully it ha- it does, because his leading yards this year, he's had two games where it's over 50. It has not been pretty for the Chargers in their running game. I mean, they can keep sucking, but go ahead. But what I mean by that is I think the Chiefs should do something similar. And I'm curious to see if that's something that comes out of the bye week. We've been talking about this for a year and a half now, Ron. It's very clear with this offensive line how they should be playing, which is more power, more gap, more man-on-man, and move the dude in front of you because they've got big, strong, hulking offensive linemen much more so than they had earlier on in Andy Reid's tenure when they are very much a zone-heavy team. I'm curious to see if we see some of that. Does it happen against Tennessee? I'm not sure. What I, what I am kind of keeping in the back of my mind, Ron, and I think Chiefs fans should do this as well, I think the Chiefs can win these next couple of games without showing too much. You got Tennessee this week. You got Jacksonville next week. Both of those games are at home. I think where you really see the changes is starting – Um, on the road at the Chargers, and then at home against the Rams, and then on the road against Cincinnati. Those are the games where I think they start pulling out some of the stuff that we've probably been thinking, or they've probably been thinking about during the bye week. 
But this week, even if it doesn't change a lot, I do think that they're gonna they're gonna eventually implement some of that stuff. But to your point on on just the personnel changes that you could see, I think you probably see more of Pacheco this week. We saw a glimpse of that with him quote unquote starting him against the 49ers. I think you do see more of Juju getting involved early and often because he's pretty clearly their best and should be their number one wide receiver. And I'm gonna go back to it. I'm going back to the well. I wonder if we start seeing more of Sky more. Oh my God, man. What is it? They said, I can't even begin to tell you how many times, Serta, you heard the interviews today. How many times did they say today, the rookies are no longer rookies. Now is when they have to start hitting their stride. I I would not be surprised if a lot of people are expecting, hey, maybe they start immediately getting Tony involved. Ah, I think some of the stuff that people think Tony's going to be involved with will actually be for Sky Moore offensively. Is this a wish? Like this feels (laughs) like a, a, a dream that you're having. Wow. Come on, man. That's oh, right, man. Fumble a fumble another punt, man. Now we'll get you in here. No, he'll be involved Again, offensively man. now. Kadarius yeah, Tony uh, gets now his offensive. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, now offensive because they used him a ton against the Niners, right? Listen, I, I'm going to say this. I, I listen. I hope for Sky Moore. There's a lot of potential there. I'm not going to go crazy now. I'm not going to go crazy. Like I know in your mind, you could never think. Well, maybe they brought in. Maybe they brought in Kadarius Tony to take some of that. Some of what we thought Sky Moore could be right now. Maybe they brung some of that over here for that. I just I want Sky Moore to be good. I do, I do. I mean, I'm not just gonna sit here. I think this has just become a personal thing for the two of you in need. It's, for it's I mean, we, we see the potential in the small sample. Side. No, there is potential, but you can't. But you're sitting there. You're lying to yourself him right now. Offensively, I agree with what BK is saying for the most part. I don't. Well, I know you do. See a ton over the next few weeks from the Chiefs offensively that we didn't see over the first you know, month, month and a half of the season or whatever. Like, I, I do think that these next couple of games are going to be about personnel changes and getting those guys reps because these are good contests to do it. I understand that the Titans are five and two and they've, they've truly got like an elite run defense. Their run defense is spe- spectacular this season. It's the best part of their defense, but you can beat their corners. You can do some things in the passing game against them that the Chiefs should be able to exploit with Patrick Mahomes. And so it's a good opportunity, especially if you get up big in a game like this, to get Pacheco more reps, to get Sky Moore more reps, and to get them involved a little bit more early on too to see how they get acclimated so then you can bust out the things that you've been working on in practice down the line. These are the perfect games for that, especially coming out of a bye week. Yeah, the Pacheco thing, the running game, I think that is clearly going to be a thing that they feel like they can improve on. And, and, and I, I think we may see some new wrinkles. And you're right, maybe maybe it's not this week. But I think in the second half, we're going to see some new wrinkles. In fact, I think it will be this week because I don't think Andy can help it. But I like I think we'll see some new things with the run game and some new ways to use Pacheco. And, Lord, I hope they've watched some film with him and said, hey, man, let's, let's, let's check up on this vision. Uh, let, let, let's take a look at some of these alleys you're missing here where you could have really big, really big games. But y'all got to Y'all got to let y'all got to Y'all got to allow Sky Moore to show you something before you start. You keep bringing him to the table and jumping him over things. He's just not. I mean, he made a catch against the Bills. And I mean, you guys have just lost it. And now, I mean, just just calm down. I know you love. I know you love him. Maybe he just. Maybe well, he just ain't listen, ready yet. Listen, I, I'm gonna blame. I'm blaming Dave Tobe for stunning his growth. If anything, hundred percent. Dave Tobe's putting him back there as a punt returner. He knows he is not comfortable. He did not do that in college. He does not have experience yeah. doing that. Dave Tobe has no idea what he's doing with Sky Moore back there. Put put McDuffie back there. Go ahead and uh, now you got Kadarius Tony who's done it. Right. Like, go, can we go, sign those Mike guys or your punt is Mike Hughes out there somewhere? No, 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 no. Don't bring up that name. We don't need it. Yeah. We don't uh, need just to return. Right, Dave to Dave Tobe, who's been one of the best special teams coach in the NFL. It's on him that he, that this nut keeps dropping the ball in major major situations. That's right. Whatever. Yeah, that's special teams. I, I'm talking about offense. Get him more involved oh, in the offensive game plan, and everything will go well. Yeah, he's he's shown he's shown so much this year to to be to be given the the the, the opportunity to be more involved yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens i just know he's got a lot of players in front of him that have clearly been playing better than he has and i and i know that is the case all right i know there was something interesting bk that you said last year when they played this team i mean it and, and and we would think like boy defensively boy they got ran through and they did but offensively this was a game 
in which we hadn't seen the Chiefs offense under Patrick Mahomes just get done in. They couldn't do anything. How many points did they score in that game? That was three. under 10, wasn't it? Yeah. It was three. Oh, God, I'm like, yeah, three. Like that that kind of jumped off. Maybe that was the 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 blueprint that a lot of teams started to use with this uh with this defense with the two high safeties of the Chiefs. It was, yeah. You look back last year, and they had had their struggles early on in the season, and it didn't feel quite the same offensively for the Chiefs as it had in years past, but they were still scoring 35, 24, 30. And then against Buffalo, they struggled, but they got it done. They they found a way to kind of get their numbers. You got to that Tennessee game, and everything just fell apart. It was an absolute meltdown for the Chiefs offensively. And that was kind of the start of what then became really a a five or six week stretch where they just couldn't get anything going. Three points against Tennessee. We all remember that weird, they ended up winning, but weird game offensively against the Giants. Same thing against Green Bay where they barely were able to beat the backup quarterback in that one. Dallas they struggled with. Denver they struggled with. And then finally they broke out against Las Vegas and they ended up going on that run at the end of the season. But the Tennessee game was when that all started and they kind of laid out the blueprint. And we've seen this in the past at times with Mike Vrabel, where he'll catch on to something that a team does that frustrates an opponent. And then he'll just kind of make that into his own game plan for that respective game. I don't think Tennessee has the personnel to do that this time around defensively, but the chiefs made their offense. They remade it in the off off season in part to beat teams like Mike Vrabel's defense. To be able to beat the too high shell where they're trying to take make you throw everything underneath, the Chiefs should and mostly have been equipped this season to beat that kind of a defense. That's where Juju comes in. That's where you would hope McColl is able to help you out. Maybe Sky Moore, but definitely Travis Kelsey. And then you get that running game going. And if you could do those things against the Tennessee Titans, they should not be able to stop you the way that they did last year. And honestly, this defense shouldn't even really be able to slow you down. No, I mean they 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 from that point, yeah, they struggled a bit, but they they seemed to get a handle on that on that defense because everybody started playing it afterwards. They seemed mm-hmm. to get a handle on that, and even if they even since they don't have Tyreek Hill, like they still this this team, you would even I think that's what kind of point you're getting to is they're even more equipped to handle this style of 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 defense because they got so many guys that can play in the middle of the field and that can they can get their hay from uh from both tight ends to Fortson as well to the running backs in the middle of the field too that they've used a lot so this should be something that they uh yeah I don't think the Titans defense should be a problem this year Jeffrey Simmons could be but I I mean they got to get him blocked if he plays they got to get him blocked but but I think I think they should be fine a lot of what you said there is kind of what I wanted to get into about this Tennessee Titans team, because you know, this is a team that was the number one seed in the AFC last year. And coming into the season, there was kind of a lot of hype around the Colts and, you know, the division overall, like Titans are going to take a step back. Colts are going to take a step forward. And obviously that hasn't manifested this year, but I, I do think there's something to this. And the Titans overall have had a lot of success against the Kansas city chiefs in the regular season over the last several years. But it does kind of feel like Tennessee and Mike Vrabel, they're one of those teams that, like you mentioned, they're fine playing ugly football games as long as they get the win and they kind of force you to play their style. And so, you know, on this five game win streak, and you mentioned a lot of these games haven't necessarily been pretty to watch. Like, do, do you think that this win streak is more tied to? the schedule or the Tennessee Titans style and then them kind of figuring some things out after the first couple of weeks of the season. I think it's more tied to the schedule um, because like I said, the teams they've played just haven't been good. They haven't had good offenses. Um, there was a lot of talk, like you said, about the Titans taking a step back. And a lot of that was predicated on the whole, you know, analytics thing of one score games, how much success the Titans have had in those games and how that's not sustainable. Well, I, I think Vrabel has proven in his time here that 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 is somewhat sustainable. Like that's the way they want to play. They are good at those things. They are good at finding ways to win late in games or you know grinding out wins when they have a lead and and kind of holding on to it late. So I think some of that stuff is baked into, like you said, the style they want to play, and that that works just fine when your division is bad. Um, I never understood the hype the Colts were getting in the, in the off season. 
um, you know, that the, the only really big upgrade they made or, you know, quote upgrade they made was going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. And obviously that proved not to be that big of an upgrade. Right. Um, and, and I do think some other things have gone on there that, you know, have, have prohibited them from having success. But I, I never really got that the, that the Colts were going to be so much better than they were last year. But, you know, the Titans, like I said, they, they, they play in a bad division. They're going to win the division. They've already swept the Colts, who are the second-best team in the division. Um, so, I mean, that that they're going to get in the playoffs. I, I feel fairly confident in that. I just don't feel good about what they're going to be able to do when they get up against teams like this. You know, you mentioned the success they've had against the Chiefs in the regular season. Um, I, so, I guess the last two times they've played them in the regular season at home, I mean, last year – was a game that was, I mean, wild, right? I mean, the Titans just, I mean, the defense just took that game over and were they, they were able to hold on. Um, was it three years ago when they played here? And it was a shootout, like a crazy game. Yeah. But that was the year that the, the Titans offense was actually good. And that was the last time the Titans offense has actually been good. So, um, you, you know, I, I don't, I don't anticipate seeing that type of a shootout game because I just don't think the Titans can score that many points as they are currently constructed, especially with the questions about whether or not Ryan Tannehill is going to play with Traylon Burks being on IR. I mean, the receiving core is garbage. So like it's just, it's hard for them. I think it's going to be hard for them to put up points as much as they haven't done it yet this year. And they've played worse defenses than what the chiefs have. So I, I don't feel great about their ability to do that, but, like you said, maybe they can muddy it up and, and play a game kind of like what we saw here last year. I just – I have trouble seeing that that scenario playing out twice in two years. So, as of our conversation right now, the Chiefs are currently favored in this game by 12.5 points, which seems absolutely insane a uh, yeah. for a, a contest between two five and two teams. Um do you think, in your opinion, does that line have more to do with the Titans' competition coming into this game or the fact that Ryan Tannehill's status is kind of up in the air right now? I mean, I'd say it's a little bit of both. You know, we haven't seen – we're talking Thursday afternoon. We haven't seen practice report from Thursday yet. Um, so I, I don't know what Ryan Tannehill will be listed as today. He was listed as limited yesterday. Last week he was – he didn't practice on Wednesday. was limited Thursday and then didn't practice Friday. I don't think he was ever that close to playing. I don't think he's going to play. I think, you know, he, he – whatever. We don't know – we know he has an ankle injury. They haven't said if it's a high ankle sprain, just an ankle sprain, whatever it, it might be. He said last week he has an ankle sprain. He'll leave it at that which leads me to believe that it's going to be a couple weeks, a couple more weeks, you know, after this one. And so I'm curious, like I said, I'm curious what to list him as in practice. I think that, you know, last week it also cropped up at the end of the week. They had an illness, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, And then they just kind of said, well, he's sick, he's out. And so I I just can't imagine that he was sick enough that if he, if he didn't have, if he wasn't dealing with the ankle, he wouldn't have played. Um, so I think that was kind of to keep people guessing, you know, for a couple of weeks here, thinking maybe he'll play, trying to make teams prepare for both guys. Um, I, I kind of think that has something to do with it. But, I mean, we talk about the line. I mean, I think it opened at 11, so it's been bet up to 12 and a half. Not surprised at all by that. I mean, again, I just don't I, – I, I mean, I would bet the Chiefs side of that, honestly, because I, I just don't see how if the Chiefs – if the Chiefs are going to score – I mean, 24 points, that seems, you know, fairly typical for a Chiefs game, right? I don't I don't see the Titans being able to, to keep pace even in that type of environment. I mean, I mean maybe I'll be wrong, but I just the, – the, their ability to score is, is the thing that is really in question right now. So, in the circumstance that Ryan Tannehill isn't available for this game, the Titans are coming off of a win last week where Malik Willis, their you know, rookie third-round quarterback – got his first start of his NFL career. What can Chiefs fans who don't know that much about Malik Willis, like what should they expect in the case that he does actually start on Sunday night? Yeah, so it's a really good question, right? Because I think they knew going to Houston last week that they were just going to have to hand the ball off 30 or 40 times and they were going to be able to win. The Texans' defense, run defense is really, really bad, has been for a long time. Titans have Derrick Henry. I mean, as you know, Mike Vrabel said in the in the locker room after the game, there was a clip of him saying the difference between, you know, the Titans and the rest of the league is we have Derrick Henry and they don't. Um, and so that was very much their game plan in Houston was just give the ball to Derrick Henry. I mean, they, they handed the ball to Dontrell Hilliard 10 times and he gained 83 yards almost 10 carries. So, I mean, that, that's just – it was just everything was going right that way. So Malik Willis threw the ball 10 times in the game. Um, did not look particularly good on the 10 throws that he made. So the problem, the biggest issue that he had in the preseason 
was uh, holding on to the ball too long. Like he doesn't – it seems like he doesn't trust what he sees. And then there's that thing, you know, where a guy being open in, in the NFL is different than a guy being open in college, right? You got to see those small windows and, and be able to, to throw to those. He got better at that as the preseason went along. Like he made big strides in that area from preseason to game one to preseason to game three. And he played a lot in the preseason. I mean, of the – you know, they played, what, 12 preseason quarters. I mean, he probably played 10 of them. So we saw a lot of him in the preseason. Um, and he did. He made big strides. He's gotten good at ta- taking snaps from under center, which he had never done before. I mean, so he's, a, he's a teachable guy, a coachable guy, has done and said all the right things. But then when he was out there Sunday, we saw a little bit of that hesitancy to, to let the ball go and kind of not trusting what he sees and then not setting his feet, drifting in the pocket, that kind of stuff. So I'm curious what the game plan will be if, if they run him out there. I can't imagine that they're going to let him throw, you know, 30 times that, that, now, I mean, that, that you know, that the game may dictate that, but that, that's not going to be their plan going in. What we didn't see a lot of on Sunday was designed runs. I think they called one quarterback draw. There might have been another another designed quarterback running there. We didn't see a lot of that. There, It looked like there were opportunities where if he would have, you know, f- faked the ball to Henry and, and gone out the backside, like the, the Texans weren't respecting that at all. It looked like he had some opportunities to do that kind of stuff. They never did it during the game. Now, I don't know if that was a product of them not needing to do it. And so, you know, they just didn't call it. Or if that was they didn't see it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But my hope as a, as a fan in this scenario is they just didn't want to put anything they didn't have to on tape so that they could have, you know, an element of surprise in these next couple of games coming up. And so, I mean, he's a guy that he, he can throw the deep ball really well. Um, that, that's not – the arm strength is not, is not a question. He obviously has athletic ability – um, so they they hopefully will let him run around a little bit, you know, have some RPO stuff that didn't really do on Sunday. But again, I just, I, I can't help but be curious if that was just because they didn't think they had to with how bad that Texans run defense is. Yeah. I, I would have to imagine. And, you know, his first start, you know, not wanting to overwhelm your rookie quarterback. I would have to imagine that played something in, into the way that they managed him last week, but obviously against this chiefs team, you're going to have to put up more points. And if it makes you feel any better, Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo did say that they are preparing as if Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback in this game. So if Malik Willis winds up playing and they're not really ready for him, there could be some opportunity there with some more like design quarterback runs that the Chiefs might not necessarily be prepared for. Um, But sticking on the offensive side of the ball, I want to talk to you about Derrick Henry and we all know who he is. We all know how incredible he is. He's coming off of a massive game, 219 yards, and you mentioned the Texans' terrible run defense. Well, the Chiefs' run defense is currently like top three or something like that in the NFL. I think it's highly overrated. I think it has a lot to, more to do with the offensive game plan and them putting up points and teams trailing than it does with their run defense necessarily being like this elite unit or something like that, but... Derrick Henry coming off of the first real significant injury he's faced so far in his NFL career. Like how do you think that he has looked this season? Does he truly look like he is still that elite, like upper echelon uh, NFL running back? He does. I will say this. He got caught from behind on an early run in that Texas game. It looked like, you know, because we're so used to seeing him once he breaks into that second level and he, I mean, he's gone, nobody catches him. Um, And so that, that was a little bit like, Oh, maybe he's, Maybe he's lost some of that elite speed that he has, but he still has the he still has plenty of speed. He still has elusiveness. He's still big, stiff arm, all that stuff. He's still got. Um, you know, he didn't look great in the playoff game last year against the Bengals, um, and was looking. He looked a little timid early in the year this year, but that has has gone away. And he's he's always been a guy that has gotten stronger as the season has gone along. I think part of that is him getting into his rhythm. I think part of that is once guys get a little bit banged up and they see that guy coming at him, that they're, they're not as, you know, enthusiastic to go up and try to tackle him. So I, I think a, a couple of those things play in. But, yeah, I mean, he looks like the best running back in the NFL again. Um, he looks like the foot is not hindering him. They did list him as did not practice yesterday with a foot injury. But when he has his media availability today, he said his, his feet are fine. Um, I think it was just a, they were just giving him some time off after having carries he had on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the offense still runs through him. They're going to try to give him – if they could give him the ball 40 times in this game, they would love to do that. Now, I don't think that's how this game's going to play out, but they would be perfectly happy to, 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 to do that regardless of who plays quarterback, if it's Willis or Tannehill. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that – I think he'll end up winning the rushing – assuming he stays healthy. I think he'll end up winning the rushing title again. He's, he's a little bit behind right now, but the Titans have already had their bye. And, like I said, there were a couple of – he was. He looks. He looked a little sluggish in the Giants game, and in that Bills game got out of hand so quickly. So weeks one and two, um, that they just didn't give him the ball very much because because the game was over. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's back. He's he's seems to be pretty much just like he was before. 